Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Team messages. has 
the ability to think outside of our own well-being. We have the ability to, to have higher thought. Uh, we have the ability to build tools. We have the ability to have compassion and empathy. Uh, we also have the ability to really screw things up and be dark and evil. And all of those things happen all at the same time. And in, we know there are no shortage of human problems out there and, and problems that are caused by humans that are now planetary problems. There's every kind of problem out there, and there's certainly a lot of political problems. But we are a group of people that have decided that it's worth the hassle. It's worth the effort. It's worth whatever it takes to make some real and positive change. And one of the major changes that we've decided to make as a human rights organization is to end cannabis prohibition. Of all things, cannabis prohibition. To think that in a world where we can take and put a robot up on another planet We've sent a probe into Jupiter. We sent a, we've actually sent a, a, a device outside of our solar system. We've gone and explored the bottom of the ocean. We've created little robots that can swim inside of you and do surgeries and, and administer medicines. We, we've done some incredible things as humans. And yet, we've allowed a world, we've allowed a world where a government has decided that we don't get to have a plant. And enough of us are okay with that, so much so that it still happens. It's still happening. And not only that we don't get to have a plant, but that if we do have a plant, that it's okay to take that person and remove their freedom. In some cases, even worse, take their possessions. Hell, people have lost their lives as a result of cannabis prohibition. And we're easily fooled. We're easily duped. We, we pass laws that say this and say that and mean this and mean that. But the truth is, today, December 18th, 2019, there are people serving life in prison for cannabis crimes. Cannabis crimes. You know, it almost seems like the mind crimes or thought crimes or uh, or or what was that one, uh, you know, um, you were going to commit a crime. Uh, you know, there's all these crazy, futuristic, ridiculous crimes that have been written about and told stories about. And we go, ah, ah wow, that's just so crazy. But think about it. Growing a plant is a crime. Your federal government does not allow you to grow a plant, period. I don't care what your state says. Your federal government says no. 
And I know a lot of you are are convinced that, no, the government said because if you are following state laws and everything's okay and all you got to do is follow the law. You know, I know a bunch of you folks that are like that. I know way too many, unfortunately. But we're going to have a guest on today that will demonstrate that's not the case. We've had many situations where people were following the law and the federal government said, oh, no, 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 you're going to prison. There's only one answer that will solve this problem, and that answer is simply that we stop allowing it to be a crime at all, period. Possession, cultivation, transportation, distribution, manufacturing, all of it. You know, think about it. What is the harm to public safety? You know, if you notice where these laws fit into our state uh, criminal code, they're always in the, the health and safety code. Health and safety. You know, isn't that a paradox or, or a conundrum, you know? Health and safety. We have medical marijuana laws in I don't know how many states, a whole bunch of them, 30-some. Recreational cannabis laws in a bunch of states. And cannabis is Schedule 1 in the federal government. Schedule 1 says there's no known medical use. Schedule 1 says it's in the most dangerous classification of chemicals. Schedule 1 said there's a high um, probability of abuse and addiction. All of those three things. How could there be a medical law possible? We have a pharma company that's created an FDA-approved medicine using CBD, there's an FDA-approved cannabinoid, THC, no known medical use. Federal government has a patent, number of patents out there claiming medical use for a Schedule One substance. How, how can all these things be happening? Well, follow the money, learn your history, and you realize it's really a bunch of hooey. And the fact that we put up with it in any way, shape, or form is ridiculous and pathetic. And so some of us are not okay with that. Some of us have decided to make a change. And some of us have decided so much so that we're organizing a walk across America that we're calling the Walk for Change. <clears throat> and uh, the next two weeks, Christmas is happens to land on a Wednesday this year, and New Year's Day lands on a Wednesday. So we're going to be doing a special edition um, that's probably going to be pre-recorded, but I we, we haven't finalized this yet. But we're going to be doing a special edition Cup of Joe that's going to be specifically focused on the Walk for Change. We're going to be talking about how to be involved. Um, we need a lot of help. You know, when we originally announced this event, and by event I mean a three, four-month long event, and it's a year and a half in the planning, um, we had probably about 20, 30 people that had signed on and said, you know, we're going to help. 
we created all these committees and we've got a lot of, uh, of, of organization that's been set up and we have some good strong leaders that are part of this, but we need a lot of help. We have a lot of people that have um, said they were going to help and haven't much. We've had people flicker in and out. We've had some people really dig in and, and, and be useful and helpful, uh, but we need some solid some solid help. And in the WALK, number four, change.us website, there is now a volunteer page that you can sign up for, and it'll talk about all the, it does talk about all of the different committees. And um, we'd love to have you join us. We'd love to have your experience. We'd love to have your commitment. We'd love to have you help. So anyhow, we've got a bunch of guests today. And um, on the line first, we're going to bring up Dana Bland. And let's see what's going on. Dana Bland is a member of the Human Solution. He's a chapter coordinator for the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition uh, chapter of the Human Solution out of Missouri. And uh, he's been a very active chapter coordinator doing all kinds of good work and um, really, uh, really kicking some butt right now. So, Dana, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, you made it onto the Zoom. Hit your, hit your audio. Make your audio live. Need some audio, Dana Bland. Uh, yeah, there's a button there that'll say audio. <laughs> nope, cannot hear anything. Um, well, I'm not sure what where to go with this. Uh, Oh, wait, here we go. Maybe I can fix this. There we go. Hold on, hold on. I got you. All right. I got it. Now we're looping, I think. All right, Dana, can you hear me? I can hear you. Turn off your volume on your computer and listen to everything through your headphones. Oh, yeah. There we go. Hold on, hold on. I got you. Okay. Excellent. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good, and we're not looping either. All right. How's it going today? <laughs> oh, we're doing all right. Uh, try, trying to keep things moving. Uh, uh a lot going on in Missouri uh, between the government trying to uh, overthrow the the amendment that we passed and then getting up there. And uh, we were up there in uh, northern Missouri, up there north of Kansas City, and uh, went to a court support there where we had like 35 uh, in court support and a protest. And it really turned out well. Had some really good lawyers there. And just about everybody on the scene, I got some good uh, uh, interviews that I put out on it. But we'll be there this next month, and for Jennifer Hess, and for uh, for, for uh, Zachariah Sanchez up there in California, Missouri. And even if the weather's bad, prepare for bad weather. It's winter time, but please try to come for court support. 
this is really a momentum changer for most of these people. It's growing. Every time I go, there's a bigger crowd, and it really, 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 really makes a difference on uh, ha how things come out because every time we've done it, it's made a huge difference. Well, you guys have been really growing your court support team, and, you know, one of the things that people need to realize, and, you know, we talk all the time about court support and, and how to do it, and a lot of people think that, um, you know, the human solution is, this magical creature that can just summon a hundred people up anytime we need it, and that's not the case at all. In fact, it's just as much work for us to get a lot of people as anybody. But what we've learned is that if you plan and you uh, you know organize and you reach out and you talk about it, you get out there on these different shows and you you, you talk about your case, you connect with people. And when somebody's listening to one of these horrible stories, I mean, you know. Uh, seven or eight years ago, I was sitting in the closing of my trial, where I was ultimately convicted in a, in, a, in California of a of a cannabis crime. And um, if it wasn't for all the people standing with me, I probably would have ended up that conviction probably would have stuck, and I probably would have ended up serving a prison term. But partly, in, in no small amount, because of all the people that were there, we were able to overturn the conviction and. Uh, you know, ultimately I was uh, exonerated. And I've watched over and over and over again when we get together, we stand together, we write stories, we bring the media together, we shine a light on these problems. Um, and, you know, the truth is these are injustices. Even when a law says you're illegal, even when a law has been broken, these are terrible laws. These are all laws that were that we have a moral obligation to 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 turn away from and and you know every time that we follow an immoral or unjust law we just are part of that problem and and we're not making anything better so um it it really doesn't matter to us if somebody was technically following their law or not if it's a cannabis crime and you know it's a nonviolent um, situation, you know, there's all kinds of complications that sometimes come up, and a lot of times a, a defendant won't tell us everything. A lot of time a defendant will tell us about part of a situation and, uh, you know, neglect another part. But, you know, this is Craig Cecil calling in right now, so we're going to go ahead and take this, and we'll continue our, uh, our, our conversation as soon as we're done with Craig here. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, we're a little cold. We're supposed to be down to, I think it's 8 degrees outside, so it's a little chilly. <laughs> 8 degrees. And your standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in California, if it got 8 degrees, everybody would be uh, claiming uh, the end of the world. They would be, uh, there would be people just dying in the streets. They'd fall over dead. And there'd be a, a, a state emergency. Uh, it would be just, you know, the most horrible thing that ever happened. We're such wimps out here in California when it comes to the weather. Well, it might actually put out the fires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, luckily we, we did get some early season rain. So uh, I don't think California is much on fire anymore, which is great. But uh, 
you know, it's it's funny how uh, perspective, you know, changes everything. I get every year, like today I had somebody come over and they're like, oh, my God, it's so cold. And I and I was thinking to myself, it's like, it's like 65 degrees, you know, that's really, it's very comfortable. But, you know, compared to the normal, you know, 90-plus temperatures that we have out here, uh, you know, it seems a little chilly. Crazy what a, what a bit of perspective brings. I wonder what they think of my 8 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they would probably uh, just faint dead away, not know what to do. It's uh. It, now, am I right? This is probably the Christmas show, is it not? Well, this this is the last show before Christmas. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a special edition Walk for Change um, show. And I'm I haven't scheduled when it's going to be yet, but I'm going to send you an email, um, Coralie's message, letting you know when it will be, so you can call in um, that show. But it's going to be a at a different. Party 
last Friday, and we actually had a bunch of cards um, that were written out to prisoners, and and all of our um, all of our team wrote a little wrote a little card out. So you'll probably be receiving some of those uh, in the next few days. Well, thank you, thank you, because as you know, I, I I stress that our biggest dilemma. Uh, like like mine for serving a life sentence for marijuana is people don't even realize that that's possible. And uh, you're you're enlightening a whole lot of people that and you know that can probably help us. And like I'm hopeful that with this election cycle that if they quit talking about Trump and impeachment that they might even start talking about issues in Congress. And there's some hope as you know of the more moving forward and you know a bunch of different. Marijuana legislation finally moving forward this year. Yeah, you know it's it's really frustrating for me, as you know this is a very non-political show. This is a this is a, a, a global show. This is a show about making change. And frankly, I've watched the political spectrum swing left and swing right and swing center. And you know what? The same problems are still here. And I've watched Congress be, you know, go from bad to worse to even worse. And it's probably the worst Congress I've ever seen. It's the most divisive and the less uh, accomplishing the least. You know, this is a very non-political show. This is a... Oh, well, we're losing again. Show. This is a show so, so anyways, um, you know, it's, it's having a... A forum like this, having the ability to reach out through it all, and and to have discussions about the issues. You know, we had a um, a libertarian candidate on as a guest last week, and we were able to talk about issues. You know, I don't give a damn what what about him. You know, his candidacy really. I care about what would happen if he got elected. And how would he actually dig in and make change? And he had some really radical ideas that we're going to talk deeper about. But you know, it's it's about it's about humanity, and it's about really um, the changes that we all can make. You know, if if politicians thought that they would get voted out if they didn't do what they said, I think we'd have a whole different political landscape. And I think politics would actually mean something rather than what it is. It's a, it's like a kindergarten battleground anymore. Oh yes, I I think people, people just like they do in so many things out on the street is they try to put politics and people involved in politics into to pigeonhole them in little tribes here and there and don't look at them. But politicians are just like you and I. They're, they're people, you know. That there's things to like and things you don't like about virtually every person. <laughs> I think the same thing applies to our politicians. Well, you know, in in my lifetime, there have been a political landscape where both sides actually seem to work more together. And you know, it's weird when we were in the middle of the Cold War and we had a a, a, a perceived enemy. It seemed that both sides worked a little bit better because they had an outside threat. And it seems that now that, I don't know, the, it, the, the, the landscape is a lot different, 
it, 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 it collapsed into chaos. I mean, I really think that um, we really need to just wipe the whole thing clean and start over again. Yes, as, as you know, my push is to, instead of looking at groups of people, look at individual people. You know, look at, you know, this person or that person, not, you know, black people or Asian people or Democrats or, you know, any. Look at, you know, a person and, and judge, a, you know, each person individually. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a pretty uh, Im- impactful person said something about uh, being judged by the content of your character. Imagine if that was the thing that that we were all judged by, the content of our character and the things that we actually did and, uh, you know, walking the walk and, and, and saying what we did and, and standing for something and meaning something, you know. Imagine if that was what was the standard we were held to instead of the party we're affiliated with or the, the group we're connected to or, or like you say, the color of our skin or the, the, the origin of our ethnicity. Ridiculous things that, that are have nothing to do with the content of our character, the thing that should matter. That's true, and that reminds me actually of a story from my past. I was at a fancy charity event, uh, actually for a rehab hospital, and I met a guy that we kind of passed. This call is from a federal prison. We found a way how to sneak through the kitchen and go out in the alley so we could smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of bonded over the course of the evening and had a riot together. And uh, My date at the time just looked at me real funny, and she says, I don't believe you get along with him. <laughs> and I just kind of... I just kind of look funny, you know, why wouldn't I get along with him? She goes, do you know who he is? No. He was Jesse Jackson Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had nothing in common of our political views, but we had a riot together. You know, pretty soon we, you know, we we shared a table with our dates, and, you know, it was an enjoyable evening. Yeah, you know. You know, we had severe differences in, you know, ideology. Yeah, for for almost 20 years, I used to have an open house Thanksgiving, and um, I would open up my house to everybody I knew, and I've always been a pretty, you know, uh, I don't know, wouldn't say public person, but I've just always had a, a pretty broad broad connection with a lot of people, and there was times where I had 30, 40 people sitting at a, a, a series of tables in my patio, and me and my wife would look at each other and just laugh because some of the people that were sitting together, eating, laughing, sharing stories, just having the greatest time were people that were opposites in every possible way. I mean, every different po- political spectrum, every different, uh, you know, religious uh, connection, uh, races of all kinds, um, you know, every everything that defines us today um, they were all together and just laughing and having a good time, and we never had a, sim- a single incident of any kind in almost 20 years of doing it. And you know, it just tells you that it can be done. You know, we don't have to. We can we can find the things that bring us together that that we have in common, rather than all of the things that separate us. Oh, just like I I experienced with Jesse Jr. He was a a U.S. House of Representatives member at the time, and, you know, his voting record is just the opposite of, you know, what I would, you know, have voted sure. for, but like I say, we, 
we had a great evening together and talked about all kinds of subjects. Absolutely. And and that's what the Walk for Change is about, is, is finding common ground. You know, when, when we need to make a change, for example, ending cannabis prohibition or, you know, any of the civil rights issues that we're dealing with, human rights issues that we're dealing with, these are not political issues. These are human issues. And, you know, we're finding people from all different kind of groups um, and in all different uh, uh, facets and all different places, and they're coming together. And, and that's, you know, always been my goal um, as an activist is to, to bring people together and find what we can do to unite because that's the only chance we have up against this giant government we have. Oh, yes, yes. And, I mean, we have to look to our politicians maybe just in the way that, you know, they see the marijuana issue. There, there may be a lot of them where I don't agree with them about anything else, but, you know, they, they may be our best ally when we look to uh, the federal government getting out of marijuana. Well, you know, I have a guest that's going to be calling in, and that, there's your first beat, but he was actually following Michigan state law to the T. And uh, he's going to be, he's awaiting sentencing right now in federal court. And um, you know what that means. And it's, uh, it's, he's going to be a guest on the show, and uh, we're going to talk about it and, and talk about what we can do to change. But we have uh, protests that have already happened, and, and we're going to be organizing more and hopefully working with these guys and, and help to make change. Well, there's your second beep. Go ahead and uh, close it out. Well, I just want to thank everybody for, you know, the the whole year leading up to this pre-Christmas show, to, but to give me the exposure and give up all of us that are uh, facing law enforcement, you know, regarding marijuana, thanks for getting us out in front of people that are siding with us and are saying that there's something wrong with our laws. These people should not be in prison, especially for life. And that's Craig Cecil, currently serving life in federal prison for cannabis. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that is a part of why we're here and part of why we walk and part of why we're working together and part of why this show is. So um, we're going to be having, uh, let's see, we got Christine on now. And Christine was a guest on the show about three, four weeks ago. And um, she was telling us a horrible story about her daughter and um, uh, our medical system and the travesty of justice, and we're going to continue that conversation. And also we have Danny Trevino, who's going to be calling in also from prison, um, and uh, he's about to be sentenced. And, um, okay, hold on, I think we... I'm going to finish up with Dana first, and then um, I have Richard and Danny, and I'm going to bring them up next, and then we're going to be able to finish up the show with Christine, and we'll have enough time uh, to to take on Christine's rest of the show. So let's go ahead, first of all. Uh, Dana, go ahead, and uh, um, we're going to have to kind of wrap this up, but you've been really super busy with court support and um, – you know, your chapter in Missouri has just been growing, and you're doing a great job. And I just want to kind of, uh, to anybody who's interested is is in the Missouri area and wants to get involved with you, how do they get a hold of you? 
change and the end of prohibition in solution chapter in Missouri for court support. And my number is 417-847-7974. And you can always get a hold of me here on uh, Facebook. And yeah, all most uh, most Americans now believe that our basic human rights and our constitutional rights are on complete attack. So go to your next guest and uh, we'll see you later. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dana. You're doing a great job, and I appreciate all the work you've been doing. Okay, so now we have um, Richard Clement and Danny Trevino. And uh, Richard, welcome to the show. And uh, is Danny Danny's with you, or how, how? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you on my laptop. And I got you on my, uh, well, I'm not lost. I'm, I'm going to take you off my smartphone. I'll see if I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, just work with, with your audio from your computer. That way we don't end up with a loop. Because otherwise we'll start uh, hearing each other multiple times. All right. I'm, I'm blasting you out of the phone. And I believe I'll see you, Mr. Joe. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Well, nice to meet you. I've never been on a podcast like this before. And so um, just honored to talk about what's going on. Absolutely. If you, can, if you can speak up a little bit closer to your microphone so that we can really hear you loud and clear, I want to I make sure everybody can hear everything that you have to say. I see. One, two, three. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Okay, yeah. As uh, far as Danny Trevino going, I think it's an absolute travesty, and and uh, and and it's just unbelievable that he's getting ready to go down for life imprisonment, while others make millions and billions in the marijuana industry in this country. Okay, I mean we're issuing licenses. What he's going to jail for is opening up a consumption lounge and a, a class A growing facility. Okay, he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer, and he's paying for it because age, I, I would hate to say it's racism, and it's just like, hey, they just—I mean, it's just un, unbelievable. And what I'm aiming to do is that the judge ignores the sentencing guidelines given Danny, and uh, basically give him time served. And we have a social equity program that was agreed on by Michigan, right? And I'm looking at state rights. Now, everybody else, if people get a license for the same thing he's going down for, it makes no sense to even have him in there, okay? I totally agree. And and so I wanted to get a little bit of clarity, first of all. Um, when when was he originally uh, taken into custody? When, when did this case begin? Okay. This case, uh, I don't know if he's on the phone or not, this case was started back in 2010 when he opened up six franchises, okay, in Lansing, in Michigan, and Jackson. And then he's been raided by the state. He's won at the state level because he was in compliance. But the guy named Bill Schutte, this guy's a pig in the dark. Anyway, he was a, uh, attorney general, and he was going to pursue the federal charges on it. So he's the, like the... Uh, the martyr for the whole movement, you know. Well, I remember um, back in 2010, 2011, 
we we were around the human solution international was around i was going through a case in california at that time in 2011 and um i can remember a case and i don't know i think it might have been danny's case when it, when these raids originally were going down and we had a, a chapter up there what what part of michigan was it in uh, Lansing. Yeah, that was our our main chapter was out of Lansing, and okay. and um, there was a guy, uh, a, a couple by the name of Stephen Maria Green, and they were fighting us. Know them very well. Well, they were they they were the chapter coordinators when they were going through their trial. They were going through their case. We were working together really really carefully. Well, I was working with through Michigan Normal. I was running a little uh, chapter there in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, uh, 2007. We did the petitions. And I remember when Danny first opened up. So I'm familiar with Danny and what he's done for the community and the operation he was running. So it's just high time and hypocrisy for even having in this situation. And I do believe that if the Bill Shooty guy, it was him who started all this with and everything else because they had that thing as uh, um, it was a rack. It was an outright, outright prison of pipeline cage job, you know. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So um, he went, did he go through a trial or did he end up taking a plea deal? What, for the state charges? No, no, for, for what's going on right now, the federal kids. Oh, the federal case? No, no, he was found guilty. So he went to trial. He went to trial and the jury of his whole peers. Yeah. Uh, he was found on 10 counts of growing the plants and running a drug house. And when was when was the trial? I believe it was in August of uh, this year, but he had a report. He had a report right after the uh, trial. I don't have the blog up yet. It was right after in August. And they told him to report he's been in the Wago County Jail ever since. And on December 1st, the state of Michigan is issuing licenses for uh, something called a retail sale of marijuana. You know, they made, what, $200,000 the first week? And it's all off the model that Danny Trevino provides, the gauges of the world. All these franchise people that open up in Michigan, Danny Trevino was first. Okay, I don't care how you cut it. He was first. He should not be the first one. He should be the first one to be standing in line for Michigan's social equity program that is targeting people of color and communities that have been affected by the drug war. I mean, these like highlight films, you know? No, I totally agree. And, you know, there was a case in in Washington, um, the, the Kettle Falls 5 case that happened a few years back, and it was shortly after the um, Congress had, quote, unquote, defunded the DEA for state-compliant cases, which this is an issue in this case that's already been raised. And um, they were convicted as well. But the, they ended up reversing their sentence as a result of the public pressure and these issues. And I'm wondering, you know, Danny's set to be sentenced in the next little while. Is there a mandatory minimum at stake? Well, he, he wrote back he had sentencing 
guidelines of 262 to 326 months in jail. That was a guidelines that the court, that the judge had to use. Now, but is there a mandatory minimum in play here? That's what I, that, that is the mandatory. Okay. Okay. 462, what, 20 years? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, you were, you heard the guest that I had that called in while you were waiting, Craig Cecil. He's serving life in prison right now in Terre Haute, Indiana, for pot crimes. He's, and he calls in every week. He's 18 years into a life sentence. So excuse me, gentlemen. I'm going to bring in uh, Sydney Gray, who I believe has Danny on the phone right now as well. So I'm going to pop her into the call. Hello, Sydney. Sydney, turn on your microphone, please. Yep, yep, we're we're trying to get coordinate. We got Sydney Cray and Danny's on the line with her. Okay. We're trying to co coordinate everybody, but everybody's got to get their uh, their audio feed working. All right, you're good. There we go. Great. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, great. I can barely hear you for some reason. But you, you can hear me you're gonna, now? You're going to have to turn up your volume on your end. We're broadcasting pretty it's good for me. It's all the way up. My volume is all the way up. Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, as long as you guys can hear me. Um, uh, Danny's here with us. So he only has 15-minute increments because of his circumstance. So here he is to tell his story. Hello, Danny. Oh, man, yeah. He's not going to be able to hear. He can barely, He can barely hear. Have him call Joe direct. Give him Joe's number that I gave you and have him call direct. Okay, um, text me what I should do about this circumstance because I literally can't really hear you if I'm supposed to call. I'll do it right now. Sure that's fine. I'll um, do it right now. A laptop okay, thank you. All right, Richard. Well, it's, uh, continue up, Richard, if you can. Um, we're going to get Sydney um, with – we're going to get Danny to call me directly and then – We'll all hopefully be able to hear everything a little better. Uh, we in Michigan have some expungement bills uh, that's in our Senate right now. And um, I was just listening just on the radio that our Attorney General, she should be really speaking in favor of him for states' rights, okay? I really think. Well, yeah, I would think that your whole state, your whole state legislature should be standing behind him. Here, here's, here's, hold on, here's uh, Danny right now. Hello. Hello, I, I have him here. We'll do it this way. Okay, perfect. Can you hear me okay now? I can hear you. Awesome. All right. Okay. Well, we're we're doing a a, a four-way uh, shuffle here, but it's working. <laughs> so I got I got Danny Trevino here, and um, we. We got Richard Clement, and then we've got Sydney all all together. So, Danny, welcome uh, welcome to the show. 
How, how, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing all right, and we're we're kind of powwowing, trying to figure out uh, what we can do to be helpful in your case and and to bring attention uh, to this in the you know in 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 the state of Michigan and. Um, you know, I got I got Richard uh, telling us about the story, and I got Sydney, and uh, you know, you're here with me, the uh, CEO of the Human Solution International, and we're here to help as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. How are you doing, Richard Clement? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm so, I mean, man, I, I, how you how you doing? It's your boy here, man. I mean, I, I, I watched that man grow as a young man. Yeah, his his uh, audio isn't super loud, but he's he's basically just asking you how you're doing, and uh, you know he's he's been supporting you for a long time, and uh, just wants to know how you're doing, really. Um, I've been better, but I mean, I mean, I'm in a I'm in jail. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not in the best shape of my life, but hey, it is what it is, as the saying goes. Well, you know, we've got um, we've been listening to kind of the story. I know um, uh, you guys interviewed with Bobby the other day, and um, I've been brought up to speed about your case. And you know, it's it's people don't seem to understand uh, that the federal government. Uh, it's doing what it wants, regardless of what it said it was going to do, and regardless of what the people have, have said that they want, and, and regardless of what the states have said that they want. And, you know, we're working hard to to cause change to happen on a grassroots level. Um, we've we've uh, organized protests at courtrooms all over the country, um, in all kinds of different cases, and right now we're organizing a walk across America, and one of the primary reasons that we're walking is to end cannabis prohibition once and for all, and that doesn't mean passing a state law, and that doesn't mean even, you know, uh, uh, schedule this or schedule that. It has to do with uh, rendering cannabis no longer a criminal act um, by anybody's standards, and it has to do with how people see it. It has to do with the stigma. It has to do with uh, the motivations behind locking people up for this. And, uh, you know, it it, it, it it tears me apart to see this. Uh, eight years ago, I was in a trial for pot, um, and I got convicted by a jury of my peers. Um, but we overturned it, and, and we were able to keep fighting through it. And I think that we might be at this pivotal spot right now with the federal government if we can if we can get the community, you know, to really stand up, get the media to stand up, you know, you have a sentencing judge that, that is in a position um, to make history right now, literally. And, I, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can do, you know, what we can to make that happen. I mean, if you think about it, there's 
of where we could send um, the letters, probably send them to your attorney um, is, is generally what the protocol would be, but um, whatever. If I have all that information, Joe. Okay, so we, we'll, Bobby's got that stuff. Um, so we're going to put out a call to action. We're going to write a press release um, that will go out uh, tomorrow or, or the next day at the latest. Um, and, and this is going to be, um, you know, uh, an international call to action. This is a travesty of justice, and we understand it. Most people don't, and, but we've been through this um, all over the country. Um, I've been in federal courts in I don't know how many trials and, and uh, in support of others, and I've watched people get taken out, and, um, you know, one of my friends just got released. Um, a few weeks ago after serving eight years on a, on a federal case where he was compliant under California state law, but didn't matter. Um, and so this is an opportunity that we have to hopefully, you know, stick a wedge in that door and pry it open a little bit, you know, and that's, that's what we're here for. Talking to Richard, um, we supported Stephen Maria Green's case back in, I don't know, 2010, 2011. We yeah, were, yeah, yeah. So we've been around. Yeah, yeah. We're still doing it. We're still, uh, we're still doing it. We're actually organizing a walk across the country, um, and one of the reasons that we're walking is to cause uh, cannabis prohibition to be finally overturned and. Uh, to, to enact some major criminal justice reform, which is um, all but needed right now. Um, 
I, I don't have any I don't have any concrete information on that, but um, I, I also wanted to let you guys know that I have a I have a really big following and I have a lot of people that if you guys needed to get together and contact a lot of the contacts I have, um, I could I could probably we could probably notify at least um, I don't know, 20,000, 30,000 people. Let's do that. Um, go ahead. Let's do that. Absolutely. I'm going to call you back when this thing's up. Okay. All right, go ahead, Richard. Uh, your, your sound is still really low. That's what the problem was, is he couldn't hear you. Good. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Um, I could call in, but not right now. We can still hear you. I just tried to go on for Danny. Sydney? Danny had one minute. He's talking about uh, Richard. We can't hear him. Can Can you hear me this way? <laughs> Bobby's calling me. Huh? All right, I'm gonna just drop that. I'm gonna drop that call because I couldn't. She couldn't hear me. So I, it's it's you and me now, Richard. Um, so yeah, if we're if we're having a caravan, what we need to do, if 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 you can. Um, you know, you're connected with Bobby right now, so if we can get this all tied together, because we can launch that even bigger, you know, we can reach more people. The key of this whole thing is reaching as many people as we can, getting this thing broadcast. If we can get letters written from all over the country, not just from locals. All I need is give me the information, and I'll get on with my connections, lots of talk to draft up a template for a letter of support and and it's not something that needs to be copied but just a, 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 a an outline to follow along and if we if, if people follow this along because a lot of times people want to write a letter and they go crazy they go all over the place but you got to keep to character you got to keep two reasons why there's there's an injustice being done here and there's ways that you can do this that can be effective of course. Here, she's calling back in again. Hello. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Detroit, and um, there's a lot of people planning on attending 
uh, this sentencing. So it's going to be real important that we get the, as, as as soon as we can the accurate information when the sentencing and where it's going to be. But we're also going to put together um, a coordinated effort to get a letter writing campaign um, and and even put together some templates so that people can you know know how to write a letter. A lot of people don't even know how to write a letter, but we're going to make it easy for them. Approximately 
360 months to life. I'm higher than any two people in my in my unit. There's 30 people. Wow. Well, I, I, I wish I could say I can't believe it. it it's horrible. And, and I think... You know, you know what's crazy? What's up? On my research... Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay. On my research, um, we did research on uh, how many banks and credit unions are working with marijuana businesses right now and... United States Treasury has a department called Vincent, and what they stated was 560 banks are currently working with marijuana businesses, 160 uh, unions are working with marijuana businesses, then we researched marijuana stock tenants, marijuana stocks, uh, them came up, I also see that some senators are buying stock marijuana business. Um, when we filed our taxes, we let the IRS know that we were a marijuana business, and they had a process for uh, marijuana businesses filing taxes, so we filed our taxes. Um, and it's just crazy when, when they raided a uh, – actually, let me tell you this story. When they raided me in Lansing, a couple weeks later, the agent showed up to give me the warrant for, uh, for a tracking device he had put on my car, and I asked
my building, and all the cards were in his name. So he said, well, I'll tell you what. We're not going to charge anybody. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to tear up the garden. And that's what I didn't want to do. But ironically, it's one of the charges on my indictment. But when we asked them, well, where's all the videos that are mentioned on your paperwork? They got rid of the video. So when I took the stand and they asked me about that charge, I said, I asked you guys to record everything. And I don't know why you guys would just miss the video. That way, that way, you wouldn't have to ask me questions. The jury can see everything for themselves. But that just lets you know that they're not looking for a, a uh, they're not looking to have just, because if they were, they would have left the video, left the video play, and no questions. Um, you know, and, and, and you're so right. I've sat in, in federal courtrooms all across the country, and um, the, the fact is is federal prosecutors don't lose. And they're, they're, there's no uh, presupposition that federal prosecutors are trying to get justice. They're trying to get a win. And I've watched them do every every backhanded, underhanded, one-sided, you know, way of doing things. And, you know, their their position is always the same, that, you know, marijuana is an illegal substance, and in their mind it's the same thing as heroin or PCP or any other so-called illegal drug.
court has actually uh, acknowledged any state compliance. But again, that was pretty recently too, just a couple of years ago. But you know, you're right. There's no um, there, there there's no equal protection of the law, as as you know we're we're guaranteed by our constitution, and um, you know it's time for the people to get involved. It's time for the people to stand up. And, and make a stink about this, and I think that that's, I don't know what else, frankly, is going to work. You've already passed a law in Michigan. That's supposed to mean something. You've already passed a series of laws in Michigan. That means the people have already overwhelmingly voted for this, and the legislature has already has codified it, created a mechanism for it to work, and issued licenses, and gone through all of these, uh, uh, these systems that in any other situation we would determine to be okay, you know? And and uh, in this case, the federal government just doesn't want to let go. And and they go after some people in Colorado. There's, there's been a few cases in Colorado. But you're back to your last minute here, so I want to go ahead and give you the, give you the floor here. Okay. Um, well, like I said before, I'm not sure where my – where my sentencing is going to take place, but I, I want to say I, I'm appreciative of you guys. Thanks very much for um, for reaching out a hand to help me out. I could do this. I'm sitting in this place uh, going crazy. I sleep maybe two hours, wake up, two hours, wake up, two hours, wake up, and it's uh, it gets stressful. I don't know where my future is going to be at. I think they're going to ship me out to a different state. Is what I'm what I'm told, but that's. No, no, stay with us and we're gonna we're gonna stay connected and we're gonna we're gonna stay connected to Richard and Sydney and uh we're gonna we're gonna get get through this. So um you know I uh Thank you got disconnected. Um this is Sydney, I just uh Hearing hearing him say that, I just want to like let the viewers know like the severity of this um, and the reality of things. Like you know, he's talking about basically being kidnapped for uh, you know something that he is innocent of and being accused of and framed, in my opinion, um, for for personal reasons, not for you know uh, logical and and injustice, uh, so to speak. So. I don't know. I, I literally feel as though this is a this is a kidnapping, um, you know, on a government level. It's very scary. Um, I fear for this man um, on on a different level because uh, they do they do know how powerful he is, and it's it's silly that they 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 pinned him. Uh, and, you know, tried to call him out and target him. And it's, it's been an ongoing thing. Um, and he's won so many times. Uh, I feel like they'll pull out anything at this point. It's not even logical um, what they're doing. Um, and, he, and he has a family. You know, he has a four-year-old daughter that his mom's having to, like, take care of, you know, um, and pick up the pieces of what's going on. Um, he's calling back again right now. Okay. Um, Honestly, we have another interview to do, so I'm going to tell him that and see what he wants to do. Okay. Um, so. Well, just know that we're here to help and we're going to stay connected. And um, Bobby has um, 
uh, all, all that you need to reach me, and uh, I'll have Bobby make sure that you guys both have my direct contact information as well. Okay, that's perfect. Um, and, and like I was explaining, uh, I physically live in Michigan, and there's not many places I'm not connected to or willing to go to, to get people. Um, there's a lot of people that are willing to talk, and I understand they don't maybe have the means to get there, but... I feel like, you know, if you're willing to, like, talk about it, you've got to be able to do something about it, too. And so that's something I really stress is, uh, you know, stopping just talking about it on the Internet and uh, uh, thinking you're making a difference just by sharing things, you know. we got to get out and do something. You're right. right you're totally right. Well, I definitely uh, want to continue this conversation um, you know, off the air, and and let's let's get together and let's work on a plan. Five minutes. So. Five you know. minutes. Nine twenty-five. Because. Oh, five minutes. Um. So I'm gonna um actually set him up with the other uh interview tonight, so he can um. Not a problem. It's it's time wisely, and I greatly appreciate you guys. I'm astounded with the 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 help and the support. Um, and just keep in contact with me, please. Um, you know, we can do amazing, miraculous things if we just come together, and it's all about using your voice and just asking for what we need and what we're wanting to make this happen. Um, I want to make banners. I want to make flyers. You know, we need to show up and show out and do it right. I'm willing to offer, like, free coffee and, like, hot cocoa and even, like, hand warmers to people that will come out. Um, I just, I really want people to make the effort to show up for him, please. Um, it's, it's one day out of your, your, your whole year, you know what I'm saying? And it's not just for him, it's for all of us. He doesn't deserve this. Um, nobody does, you know? And he is a very important person. He's a very caring person. And I just, I, I know exactly why this happened to him. And it's not because he's a criminal, you well, know? Sydney, I'm going to call you tomorrow time. if it's okay. The number that you're calling me from right now, is that a number I can reach you at? I'll call you tomorrow, and I'll and and we'll we'll be able to work on a on a plan because I'm ready to to dig in. If we have January 28th between now and then to organize this, uh, we can do a lot. And and I've got a whole a whole crew all over the country that'll dig in and and help out. So we, all these things that you're talking about, we can make a reality. So I'll call you tomorrow, and we'll continue this. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon, and you have a good night. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. John, I'm going to bring in Christine here in a second. I'll let okay. you finish up with Richard. Yep. All right. Uh, Richard, um, if you could get – type in your talk to you one-on-one -on -one and, and, and dig in and start to blueprint out a plan and see where you guys are at with your plan already. So just type in your, your, type in your phone number here so tomorrow I can call you and we can talk. Okay. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear now. <laughs> I don't know what you just did. Uh, we just muted. Uh, I turned off listening to the show through my phone. Got it, got it. Well, if you can uh, give me your phone number that I can call you tomorrow, 
and we can actually sit down and work on an actual plan. Absolutely, because there's some of the marijuana industry that want to see it go down, which is, I find that disheartening. I find that the racist. I find it just so wrong that there's others within this community that want that man burned while they make billions, while they make oh, hell no. I, I, I am 100% with you. So I got your phone number. I'm going to call you and Sydney tomorrow, and I want to I want to I want to turn this into a formal human solution campaign. Human solution. I've never heard of you guys. So the human solution is an organization. Or? Yeah, the, we we've been around for over 10 years, supporting supporting people that are going through these kind of cases, and and we also have a prison outreach program. So we're out there supporting the people that are have been victimized by this. So I'm going to type in our, our website. It's thsintl.org. I just typed it in on the in the chat there. But that's that's our website. And we've been around for 10 years as a 501c3. So we're we're out there and and you know, we're out here making a difference all across the country and even in other countries. I know in some of our organizations uh, that we have left and right people, uh, they have people within my organizations. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And that's bullshit. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And I think the, it just hit the Latino community over here in Detroit uh, about what's going on in the hit with him. Um, like I said, I lived in Lansing. I'm in Detroit now. And uh, had a lot to do with Detroit uh, getting to where they are now. Um, I'm involved with legislation. I was with, with the councilman, uh, Mr. Cushion. I was a pro tem uh, aide to him in the city. I helped in the state. And my current state rep is totally for it. He's the one that actually passed the damn bill to get it to the Senate. Well, we need to get all of the all of the people in politics that you know personally to write that letter of support, and I'm going to call. The letter rate writing campaign is so essential. As a matter of fact, I've called that judge. Whatever that judge, whoever the court clerk is and the attorneys are, call them personally and just say, hey, wait a minute, why are we putting this man in jail for others that are doing this? Why are we giving out, why are we, why isn't he getting up social equity? He needs social equity in this. That's a state law. Absolutely. Program. State rights. I think Dana Nussel, our current attorney general, may do something for him. Excellent. Well, I, I'm going to get on the phone with you tomorrow, and I'm going to sit there and try to map out a plan. And and um, I will, I'll call you first thing tomorrow, and, and let's keep on going on this. In the morning? Yeah, I'll call you probably about 9 o'clock. No, I'm three hours uh, in front of you, so um, I'll probably call you about noon your time. Noon my time. Does that work? Okay. You're in California, huh? I'm in California, yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not. <clears throat> okay, hello? I said, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm right by you. Westland just today, as a matter of fact. Where? I was in Westland just today, in Monroe. Westland and Monroe. Okay, that's why I'm trying to get 
I'm going to bring Christine Gale in. Richard, you're welcome to stay. We have another guest coming in as well to tell another Prohibition story. You're welcome to stay. Um, and, uh, yeah. Excellent. For a minute, then, you know, like I say, I'll, I, I've got the information. I'm, I'm eager to get on this project because, you know, it's just, it's just the right thing to do. We're going to dig in hard on this. And, and so, um, like I said, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And um, and we're gonna we're gonna lay out a blueprint for a plan and um, well I, I got I got some ideas we've done this isn't our first rodeo we've done this before so I'm gonna we're gonna bring in our experience and we'll 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 we're gonna craft a good plan. Okay, I look forward to hooking up with you. All right. You I bet. All right. Thank you so much, Richard Clement, folks. Okay. Up next we have Christine and. Um, if you remember, Christine Gale was on the line with us, uh, what, about three, four weeks ago, and she told, began to tell the story of her daughter, and it was a crazy story. I mean, if you, if you remember this story, they, uh, they said she had cancer, and they put her in a, in a hospital, and they were giving her treatments, and mom wasn't into it. Mom wanted to get a second opinion, and all of a sudden, everything got really strange, and that's kind of where the story got left off is, is you were getting a second opinion and um, all of a sudden they were, they were getting really weird on you and we, we, we ran out of time. So, Christine, welcome to the show again. Uh, I understand uh, you've Thank been you. working out some, uh, uh, some media stuff and I, I hope that's working well for you, but I also understand some, you've had another turn that's happened. So why don't you kind of bring us back up to speed um, from where we left off, you hadn't really got into the case itself. You were still in the hospital or in the in the clinic, and and they were telling you that she had uh, she had liver cancer, and then all of a sudden lung cancer too, is what they were telling you. Oh boy, we're still back there. Huh? We're still back there, yeah. Okay. Um, well. A uh, little fast forward. So basically, actually, let me shut off this other part where I can hear a double here. Throwing me off. I was in your other waiting room with me. <laughs> okay. I can't hear you very well. Is there a reason why? Um, I don't know. Hearing? How about now? You know, it must I have to do my, my audio. I don't know if I can adjust my audio on this thing. I can hear you just very slight. Oh well. Um, I can still hear you though. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I have. Uh, yeah, my audio doesn't really seem to have a. An Your audio is clear, Joe. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a way to adjust it. I just uh, unmuted your end somehow, so it's all good. I can okay. hear you now. Let me clear. Oh, good. Perfect. Okay. So, um, again, fast forward from the um, scans that had come in. I believe we were with St. Jude at the time, um, reaching out for a second opinion until they had received um, scans that were uh, obviously not correct. Kylie had never had lung cancer whatsoever. Um, so that was very frustrating, um, hurtful, very scary. There was a life and death uh, decision I had to make over it. 
As a matter of fact, I had hours to decide whether or not Kylie was going to have lung uh, surgery that morning. Thank God I didn't um, do it because they were trying to uh, basically let me know that um, it could be an infection or, or lung cancer. Well, that's a pretty I mean, big difference. Everything just did not. It just did not say lung cancer, you know. And I was like, this, I've been through the ringer with you guys. I don't trust you. So putting my daughter in a surgery, a lung uh, surgery, is basically signing her a, a death certificate, right? So I was like, you know what? As hard as it was, just because there's that slight thought behind everything and you're like, flipping a, if this doesn't work and it was really this, um, it was scary and it was harsh and it was such a um, screwed up uh, decision to make, but I did anyway. So I said, moving forward with antibiotics, I think it's an infection. Um, doctors, surgeons were up against me. I didn't care. I still pressed forward and thank God I did because it was exactly that. It was an infection. Well, when we requested to get moved to St. Jude, they did something additional to the scan to make it look like it wasn't just an infection, that it was um, uh, cancer, like a tumor growing, right? And so that's what they had sent St. Jude. So St. Jude didn't get notified that what she had in her lung was an infection. It was pneumonia, okay? It was done and gone in five days. But they got the scans that showed there's a large mass growing in her lungs. And so what hospital or doctor or facility would take liver cancer and lung cancer? I don't know of any that would. You're, you're sending a, you know, pretty much a done deal to any hospital. They're not going to want anything to do with it and take that kind of responsibility, obviously. That wasn't the case, though. So that was really... Um, very frustrating and hurtful to find out that that wasn't um, what Kylie had had, and it was just the um, liver cancer, and it was already, you know, contained. It stopped growing. Like, we were making progress, and that's why I really wanted a second opinion. Well, fast forward to getting out of the hospital. Kylie's tumor never shrunk in the hospital. It was hell getting her out. I had to fight it legally to finally get released because they were not willing to release her. I fought them tooth and nail. Anytime I tried to leave with her, told them I want a second opinion. I told them I didn't feel comfortable and my daughter and I didn't feel safe there. They didn't care. They stopped me at the door, threatened me with the police and told me that I can go, but my daughter wasn't going anywhere. So I had to deal with this whole thing on a whole nother level just to get out and, and gain some sanity and realize what we were really up against, you know, was it really just for cancer or is it a broken system? And, um, once I got out of there, um, there's a lot that I ended up finding out, um, a lot of lies, a lot of, um, things that I wish I would have known before I had ever went in there. And I hope that every parent out there will at least, will at least take their time that if their child, their loved ones ever, ever diagnosed with cancer, that they at least take the time out to say, hey, you know what? 
there's something more to this. I mean, stories are, are leaking out like crazy nationwide right now. Um, cancer doctors getting arrested for falsifying that the, the child has ever even had cancer. You name it. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. Even at that hospital, that's where I've uh, got to learn so much of um, the craziness that they're willing to do and the stakes they're willing to take in order to um, gain that profit. And it's disgusting. And um, so after I had uh, got out of there, Kylie, Kylie wasn't doing well at all when we first got out of there. Um, she was actually... Um, how do I say this? She had bare minimum to live on, okay? No counts. Her counts were all, if anybody understands counts, it's the blood counts, white cells, um, uh, blood cells, all that. Uh, she was rock bottom. The last chemo treatment that I was fighting tooth and nail for her not to get would have definitely, definitely killed her. So after the third one, it was impossible to get some of her numbers back up. So I started turning to um, a more holistic approach, natural medications, um, as some of you guys already know, CBD, um, uh, a lot. There was like seven to ten regimens. So um, it was it was so it was a fresh of breath there, finding out a couple months later that this approach was working so well. We've never seen the tumor obviously shrink the way it did. And so in those few months, the, shr uh, the shrinkage of the tumor was drastic, but it, it wasn't just cannabis. It was, you know, approach of, of natural um, holistic medications as well. But bottom line is they focused on the cannabis part to um, try to destroy my life obviously, um, but to uh, continue forward, sorry, my brain's a little bit. No, 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 it's okay. So, uh, so tell me this. Um, you, you got her out of the hospital. You began these, this natural course of treatment, um, and then something happened. What did they do? Did they, I mean, how did they know that you were doing cannabis therapy or any of these other therapies? Well, um, they kept doing scans. So in order for me to immediately not get charged, I had to prove to them that Kylie was getting better. Well, I had no problem doing that because I had scans to sit there and back it up, right? Well, it was a catch, you know, 22, a double-edged sword, because the more they saw the tumor shrinking, the harder they came at me. So um, this is I got the doctors that were coming after you? Who was, who was actually... So the doctors the doctor are, are, are... Used CS and DHS, the state, to come after me. And so... Um, so they after, came into your house, or what happened? Yes, there were uh, two... Um, I got a phone call from my neighbor to turn around because there was um, an officer with two dressed-up uh, uh, state a car that came with them, so it was an officer's car and a state car, and um, it was what the doctor threatened. You know, she said, if you have until the following Tuesday, if you're not in here, I am sending CPS after you. I am sending the state after you. I will have you arrested in front of your daughter. And so um, I, you know, of course, 
stood my ground and um, I didn't feel like I was doing anything but helping my daughter. So uh, after that, I got that phone call. I turned around. I came back that, you know, late night and packed my entire house up within 24 hours. And since then, it was almost two years ago, uh, I've been dealing with this situation. Um, fast forward a little bit, more scams down the road. So they never caught up I, with you? What's that? They never caught up with you? Not that time, no. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, yep. Um, nothing was filed or whatnot because I wasn't responding. So next thing I know, they somehow got my new contact. Um, they got Kylie's new scan from another hospital we went to. But you're still, so you're still in Oregon talk. at this time? What's that? You're still in Oregon at this time? Actually, what's kind of crazy, I was living in Washington. Okay. So the way they pulled this is, is not even legal um, because I was a Washington resident at that time. So And it was more than six months. Um, and so... Uh, November, we did some scans. November 2018, those scans really uh, pissed off some doctors and everybody involved that was coming after me, which was CPS and the doctors at the time. I get a text message to uh, my phone from the caseworker that already had notified me that he was getting involved due to uh, neglect on my part, and this was being... Um, And so she goes, 
Um, I know that. You may know that. But they're going to charge you with drugs. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't do drugs. And she's like, uh, well, cannabis is involved and your daughter is under the age, da 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 And I was like, that doesn't matter. I have every right to give her CBD. I said, test her right now. She doesn't have anything, um, you know, that's illegal in it. CBD, everybody's buying from the damn store here in Portland. So how do you even figure that? And so we were going back and forth, and she goes, look, I don't care. This isn't my deal, my problem. My problem is once we get in that courtroom, you don't talk, or they're going to throw you in uh, jail and charge you with drugs. And I was just, like, completely baffled. I had one witness with me. I think I even have uh, part of it recorded on um, a recorder that I ended up bringing. And I... I was just like, okay, so I go in there, and you're defending me how? You know, I said, and she goes, well, I'm not your permanent attorney. Gay candidate will be, and she'll be on the next hearing. So I'm like, great, we're going in there to do what? I'm not understanding. She goes, just don't talk, I'll talk, and if you talk, you're going to get thrown in jail. The judge will throw you in jail and charge you with drugs. I was just like, okay, great. So we go in there. It all happens so fast. Like I said, I didn't even know what was coming. It, it, it just, it was one thing after another. We go sit down, judge comes in, starts talking. Um, the uh, CPS DHS reports that I'm neglecting Kylie's health. Um, they're worried for her safety, all this BS. Okay. So mind you, I went home with a dying kid from chemotherapy Eight months later, my daughter's surviving, surviving absolutely everything they said she would, um, you know, would happen and she'd die from. It, she didn't because I took a different approach. So here I was just sitting and I, I couldn't say nothing, remember. <laughs> I tried a couple of times and any time I tried, this attorney straight nudged me and it was like, shut up. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Then say something, because this is insane, you know, what they were saying back and forth to the judge. Never once stuck up for me, never once said a thing, and that's what I got with the court-appointed attorney. We walked out of there. I got my medical rights taken away right off the freaking bat. No warning signs, nothing. Like I said, I, I walked in not even knowing I was getting charged. Nothing. I had no clue. Nothing, you know, no sign of it. So I got out, got handed um, some papers to call this attorney, and no motion, no next hearing information. I had to track down this attorney that finally got a hold of me like one week prior to the next hearing. Okay? It was so, the way they set you up is priceless. I got to give them that. Okay? But let me tell you, when you go through this process with them, you start to pick up how screwed up and corrupt they are that you catch on really quick on what to do and what not to do. And um, So they took away uh, her medical rights, so they basically, like, took conservatorship of her? Yep, yep. They took medical rights, which right off the bat, they were able to schedule Kylie whatever appointments they wanted, so they shoved her right back in. To these hospitals that are all connected, OHSU is in connection with Randall's Children Hospital. I was lied to. They were told. They told me they had nothing to do with them. Well, I started doing my own research. I stopped taking anybody's two cents, and I was like, you know what? 
I'll find things out myself. Started Kylie's fight page on Facebook. Yeah, I went all out. I didn't care anymore because I knew and I felt it within everything about me. I was like, they're going to come after me. They're coming after me hard. And um, I was definitely right. Two, three, four hearings later, I'll fast forward. Bam, my all my rights uh, got taken away. I got threatened and bullied and gave no choice, given no choice to um, sign my rights away. I was told that day it was trial, okay? So we're talking a couple hearings down the road. Trial comes up. I was threatened to not move forward with trial in front of the judge. Why? Why didn't they want me to expose anything and talk to the judge? It's always when it came to the judge, don't talk, shut your mouth, da 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 There's threats constantly, every part, every hearing, everything. And that's how they scared you out of your own rights. They don't take them the right legal way. They scare the crap out of you, threaten your life. They threaten your daughter's life. Well, in my case, my daughter's life. You know, having her, their hand on her shoulder saying, you have two seconds to sign this document or you will never see her again. And even actually acted that part out right in front of me. I kid you not. Over 20 witnesses, okay, are sitting in the courtroom watching this happen and take place. So they um, try to act like they're going to take her, and they're like, that's it, Kylie, let's go, you're done. I'm going to jail for 20-plus years, okay? No damn good reason as to why, but I'm going away. I don't sign that paperwork. I'm done. 20 years, Kylie will never be seen again. So I, I'm already hysterical. And I'm like, okay, fine, stop, stop, because my daughter was screaming and crying as they're trying to take her out the door. And I was like, fine, I'll sign it. I'll sign it. I said, leave her the hell alone. Let go of her. Leave her alone. She stays in my custody. I'll sign it. I'll sign my rights, but she stays in my physical custody. They agreed to it, okay, for now. But they agreed to it, and that is the only way they got me to sign my rights over my daughter. I have fought for my daughter's tooth and nail since my divorce. I've protected them for 10 years from that freaking monster, and here I am. Signing my rights away. You think I'm the type that would just sign my rights away over my kids? That'd be over my dead body. And that's exactly the only reason why, because I figured and I thought it was really going to be over my dead body. And um, I signed it under nothing but complete duress and stress. And even when the judge came out, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't. I was so just emotionally done. It was a two-hour threatening uh, you know, my my family was in the back trying to even talk out, you know, to the judge. They were threatened by the DA to sit the hell down or they're going to jail. It was bad. I hope to God one day I can get those recordings because I know they're there. And um, it all got videotaped. It all has audio because fast forward to the next hearing, we did uh, an appeal on it. And the judge went back in over the weekend and watched these recordings where we got threatened for two hours. And guess what? The same judge that ordered that judgment, right, as she saw me hysterical, she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because she heard it on, you know, she was putting it on record that I couldn't even, she shouldn't have even signed that first. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got a phone call and it kicked me off. 
No worries. Um, hey, we've got about five minutes left of the show. So okay. I want to get everything we can. We can have you come back on again, but I just want to – I want to take this to where we can help, and, and I want to get it to a place where the audience can know, you know, what it is that, you know, as now we're understanding where we're at. So if you can kind of consolidate from there till now well, and bring it home. Fast forward to today, that judgment she pulled back gave me an opportunity to um, basically have my rights back because that okay. day my rights were taken away. Uh, because this DA came after me, um, we ended up leaving right before uh, the surgery that they want to do. And after um, they had taken my daughter from me physically, they um, I got charged with criminal charges for Class B first-degree felonies. Okay, so I'm facing these criminal charges. I'm also facing a no-contact order down with my daughter. They've had her since June of this year. Um, now, up to date, she's been in a foster home. And until uh, my hearing we just had a couple days ago, I had seen her. She was good. She was healthy. And then I get a, um, a couple calls and messages because she still goes to um, the school that, uh, you know, she grew up at. I haven't made contact. I don't go there. And I get some calls and messages um, stating that my daughter has been seen in the office all day until the late hours of the evening um, from multiple different uh, uh, kids that go to school with her and parents as they were picking up their kids. And I had a 5 o'clock phone call scheduled by court order with my daughter yesterday at 5, and I get a text message from the caseworker saying, today's phone call will not be happening. And I'm like, what? Why? What happened? Is my daughter okay? What's going on? Nothing. No, nothing back. I blew her up, blew her up. Fast forward to today. Um, nobody could tell me where my daughter's at, but I know she was at that school late hysterically crying okay so where is she did they move her is she um, going into a hospital or is he doing an illegal surgery against my rights against her rights that we have fought this hard up until this point um, is she safe did something happen to her did somebody do something to her do I know anything no but I have every freaking right to know as her parent, as I still do have legal rights over her, as that judgment was lifted. The only thing standing in my way is this no-contact order that the DA is refusing and fighting me tooth and nail to make sure that doesn't get lifted, because that is the only way legally they can keep me away from her. And so we've been reaching out. I'm actually getting um, on a live here after this to um, reach out on Kylie's fight page as well and update everybody on there because this has just been absolutely disgusting and insane. Um, but I do know, the only thing I know is that she was seen um, back at school for a short time today, but that's it. I don't know where she's at, where they're taking her, what they're doing, nothing. No phone call, nothing. So as of right now, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing and it's freaking killing that um they could even do this and get away with it so is, is there anything that you know um you know the human solution is all about 
human rights, obviously this is a, a human rights violation. I mean, this is this is, you know, we stand with you. What 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 can we do to help? I guess would be my biggest question. Letters to the judge, um, phone calls to the senator. You know, um, Kim Thatcher was at one point in time very involved in this case, very pissed off that it was even happening and taking place. Showed up to some of our rallies. We need to rally. We need to rally, and we need to start coming more and more together as a community because this is the thing. It's not just Kylie. There are so many kids getting taken here in Oregon. Oregon is the worst state in the country right now, and these kids are getting taken left and right, not only for um, cannabis use. For oh, you just froze up. Can you for hear medical me? Needs, oh, there you go. But for every. Oh, it's you're, it, it's freezing up. I don't know. I'm saying I'm saying my internet's getting wonky. I'm not sure. We've got about two minutes left. Um, I'm I'm gonna reach out to you um, tomorrow, and uh, I, I'd like to organize. You know, something we got. This has been a, an incredible show. I've got all these people that we need to help, and you know that's what this organization's all about. That's what the Walk for Change is about is making these, you know, bringing these people that are like, hey, I want to help. You know, you got all these people that think everything's fine, number one. So we got to bring awareness that it's not okay. There's all kinds of problems that are still happening right in the middle of it all. When you can go across the street and, and go buy some pot from a store, at the same time you got somebody getting their kid taken away, at the same time you got another guy facing life in prison, at the same time, you got another guy serving life in prison. This is all happening at the same time. None of it's okay. And the first step is wow. bring awareness. Wow. Second of all is engage these people, engage the people. So that's what we're here to do. So I'm going to reach out to you tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Um, Bobby, I think, has your direct number. I have everything. All right, perfect. So I'm going to call you tomorrow, and I'm going to try to coordinate a plan that we can we can we can engage a little bit deeper. You know, the show is good to to bring your story to everybody, all the people that are able to to view this, to get aware. The next step is to set a plan to engage everybody. This isn't okay. What's going on? Um, we're out of time. I want to just let you know that we're here to help. The Human Solution International is is here for you and your daughter and um you know that's that's i will reach out to you tomorrow thank you thank you so much you're very, thank you very and welcome. bobby you have that backup private number that's right? correct christine i do awesome all right guys, well, i'll talk to you guys tomorrow thank you so much christine gale folks right, and, and what a nightmare all right well this is it today I am going to see if I can find Tom Corby real quick to close the show out. And uh, I got Frank Canan. I'm going to go after Frank because usually Tom is near him, and that's what I know is going on. Frank Canan, uh, I'm assuming you are near Tom Corby right now. Yep, we're in the same room. Excellent, excellent. Well, why don't uh, – since I, I, I knew that – I knew your number. I was able to uh, – you so go ahead and put Tom on and we're gonna close the show down. Okay, sounds good. How do I put this one off? Yeah, yeah, you do it. Yeah, yeah, you do it. Yeah, yeah, you do it. Yeah, yeah, you do it.
Yeah, I know. Hold on. Turn it off, Tom. Well, take your speaker off. All right. All right. Good. So we're okay, we're good. All right, we are good. All right, here is Mr. Tom Corby. Tom Corby. Oh, as always, Joe, I want to thank you so much. I don't know how you do it all. And, of course, Frank, man, is, uh, you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, loud and clear. Oh, good. And then having Darius Suzanne here, Frank Nan helping us. And uh, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> uh, I got an update from Jackie Cordova on her case. Good. And she's uh, she's really taking them on, and she's taking the DA on directly for the corruption that's going on in that courtroom. It's just kind of amazing to me that how there could even be a case here uh, that there there was no rights read, uh, no jail time. She sat in the back seat and was detained. And uh, I can't see where there's any discovery. But anyway, uh, if more defendants would stand their ground like Jackie, uh, we probably wouldn't be here today and, and take them on to trial. And we make no deals. Uh, we always throw uh, probable cause in there on a 995 dismiss motion. And always get all our discovery. Without our discovery, how can you work your case? How we talk about defendants standing their ground. How about Bobby, Jared up there in Crescent City? I uh, just got some updates from Frank Canan here. What I understand is the judge is pretty fed up with the DA. And uh, he's. I actually told him, if I'm not mistaken, that if if you can't you can't get more on this case than this, then it's going to have to be dismissed. Well, once again, when you mess with people like Joe Grumbine, Frank Canan here, Nick Moran, Alex Lyons, James Benno, Aaron O'Neill. All the folks that stood their ground, that's what we do. For one thing, when you do get a case dismissed or acquitted, how many other people do you help that it doesn't happen to again? That's one of the main reasons we come. Uh, Glenn Keeling, uh, I see where you have another postponement my mindset is and I brought it out before Joe knows that the longer you keep this going on it finally melts away look at all these cases how many years Joe 
three, four years for us to fight our case. And what happens is your case might start on top and all of a sudden down here it's down at the bottom and they got more fish to fry. And so once you get that case dismissed, you should already have your injunction lawsuit filed and you have to get a civil attorney on this level and it's hard to find a good one. Uh, you could do a lot of the work yourself. And when we throw when we throw this all at them, we make them sick of us. We also subpoena all of them. And that also goes for the complainant. Without a, without a complainant, you really have no case. Sue Colon told me long ago. So let's stand our ground and come strong volunteering to help be the solution to find the end prohibition and free all our POWs. No one should be going to jail for our sacred plants. I've been using cannabis for 53 years. I quit cigarettes 48 years ago, one of my better decisions. Oh, such a much better choice than we do fine with the medicine. Believe me, without cannabinoids in your system, your your homeostasis will be out of balance. And I really believe in the, the FICOs, the full extract cannabis oils. And I want to thank you, Joe and Liz, for sending those up for us. I know it's helping us so much get through the hard times up here. Uh, also, I want to <laughs> yes, and also want to say that I, you can see how we're gaining ground every day. Damn prohibition! When you see posts like Donna brought out tonight about the baseball players, now they took cannabis off the, the schedule, uh, so the players can now use cannabis. I know at least CBDs and the oils. Or, or, and also, uh, there was a segment on TV the other night about the basketball, uh, no, the football players. Okay. Right, that's right, Darian. And uh, <clears throat> how the medicine's helping them so much more, and they're getting off the narcos and the farms. So no matter what you believe, it took me a long time to realize is that cannabis is just another miracle medicinal herb, in fact. Uh, thank you all again today and all the good speakers and coffee party radio show. Believe me, these are historical shows, and I think that we'll see in our time that prohibition will finally come to the end. Thank you all again today, and don't forget to breathe. Breathe. Everybody breathe. <laughs> All right. Let's All right. Well, Willie. Right. Uh, I want to remind everybody that the next two weeks, we're going to be having a special edition show that will be aired at a different time, but I'll be announcing that probably within the next couple of days. So we're going to do a Walk for Change special edition next week because Christmas is on a Wednesday and New Year's is on a Wednesday. So we're going to uh, have a special edition, different time show. 
next week. We'll uh, announce that in the next couple of days. And I want to thank everybody for being here. And uh, stay tuned because we have a lot of work to do. we got a big letter-writing campaign to go on for uh, uh, Danny Trevino. And then we've got at least another letter-writing campaign for uh, Christine. And we've got a lot of work to do, folks. So uh, we will talk to you soon. And I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.